If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the podcast section, uh, the podcast that comes after Slightly Civil War. Now legitimately coming after Slightly Civil War, as you can see, yeah, yeah. Yahtzee and I's faces. Presumably there was some kind of interstitial or sequence indicating the transition from one to the other. Otherwise, it's going to feel a bit weird. I really hope so. Well, we'll they'll just, figure that out. Matt's a clever sure, guy. Of course he is. But uh, I can see your dog now. And now the viewers can too. Hey! What fun. What fun. Cookie. You I did it. See, you can see my lovely bearded face. Hmm. And my lovely bearded face is now going to talk about walking simulators. I'm so excited. You know what? I, I, I wore something. This is just for the video viewers. I wore oh, my you. Firewatch shirt just for the occasion. Your Firewatch t-shirt. Well... That might be a good place to start. All right. Firewatch, that was... Um, would you define that a walking simulator? Yeah, uh, yes, 100%. There there was... Though, because I personally liked Firewatch, I get a little wibbly-wobbly with that one. I think it's important to define what we mean by walking simulator because a lot of what we call walking simulators have degrees mm. of walking simulator-ness. Yeah. Some of them have quite extensive challenge elements. And I would argue that Firewatch does have a certain amount of gameplay because there's a lot of exploration in that. There, well, that's why like Firewatch is a walking simulator with a big old asterisk next to it, yeah. which, which is if you turn off the uh, location on map in the menu. I said that very thing in my ZP review. I said if this I only discovered this after the first playthrough, but it would have I felt like it would have made a much more interesting game if I'd noticed it first. And and then um, you can you have to yeah. navigate by like interpreting the map and uh, figuring out vantage points and, and points and of reference. That's why I loved it. It could, because I found that really early on. I turned that off and I found a, a great and I turned the music off, which I also really didn't like. But hmm. uh, I had a really fantastic time. I know we did that over on uh, on previously recorded and I enjoyed it and Rich did not because he said there was no challenge. Yeah, that's the this is the argument I suppose when it comes to walking simulators. There are a lot of them because it's as I say it's a favorite way to go for a smaller developer because it's a lot less work having yes. to figure out a gameplay challenge, a gameplay loop, and uh, a difficulty curve and all that. Absolutely. And some, people, and some people just want to tell a story. Back in the day, it was um, point-and-click adventure games mm -hmm. that, that would just be more focused on uh, telling the story and having funny dialogue. And they had as the uh, puzzles and exploration as a sort of token gameplay that connected it all but but that there was gameplay and i i for for me the the biggest sin of the walking simulator are those horror games it, well this is why i feel like we need to like uh refine our uh definitions here because as i say firewatch is walking simulator but it's open world 
Mm-hmm. There's nothing to do except to go to the next bit of story, but it's there's still exploration. If if you're inclined, you could just <laughs> hang out by the lake for a few minutes, just admiring the scenery. That's true. But then there are walking simulators like Layers of Fear, or well, half the things Blue Team makes, Blair Witch. That's another one. Mm-hmm. Or um, oh, well, the original course was PT the silent hills teaser that mm. a lot of walking simulators are cribbing off those are literally corridors you yeah. walk down a corridor open a door to the next corridor turn around oh no the door's gone it's a horror game <laughs> sure yeah and i think like to me and and as someone who has never cared for horror games because i have never found them scary that's where the the slur of walking simulator comes from is there's just nothing there the the hide from the monster that you can't kill until the monster goes away then you walk down a corridor a monster comes you hide from the monster again that to me is a tedious experience that is gameplay though trying to avoid avoiding the monsters i mean there's a lot of horror walking simulators that don't have that where it's just funny noises (laughs) To, uh, so you're saying there's different degrees of bad if i would say that if there's ever like a fail state then there is a challenge you have to avoid the fail state and a lot of in a lot of the games you're talking about the fail state is being caught by the monster and that's something you have to avoid sure. go gameplay a weak gameplay is what is that's how i would describe it sure but that's what some people want Yes, yes. Not everyone want not everyone wants to challenge the limits of their ability to press buttons in the right order. <laughs> right. That's true. That's fair. That's true and that's fair. But but, for, but like and and it also, you know, going back to our our usual caveat which is it all depends on the game and and that's really true where I I have found some very chill experiences what's what's the most recent one that has very little gameplay but it's very chill i want to say it's called a short hike yes i think that's it is you know very chill very relaxed mostly just looking at the scenery yeah when you say chill i think of uh, beginner's guide did you ever play that oh sure sure begin that's 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 an experience right there yeah that's a pretty fun experience and i think that's the the gold standard for what walking simulator developers want to achieve is the interesting experience to put yourself mm. through it. And it wouldn't be the same if it was just a movie. If you if you were just watching someone play it. It's the fact that you're like pushing forward at your own pace, taking your own time to appreciate each moment. The absurdity of this fantastical story. This fantastical and very introspective story, yes. So it becomes a form of interactive storytelling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. No particular reason to be less valid than a challenge-focused form of interactive storytelling. Mm-hmm. So I- here we are. Walking simulators are fine. Just let them exist, you big gatekeeping asshole. Absolutely. That's that's the real thing, Is is if one... If that's something that you're into, if you're into those horror games where you just go down a corridor and something spooky happens, like, that's great. It's really important to find something that you personally enjoy. Uh, They're not for me, and I can only speak, you know, as a critic as to what I think. But, like, even even something as arty-farty as the beginner's guide 
has its quirks to it where eventually I feel like giving me the keys to the pace hurts its storytelling ability hmm. because because there are certain moments in a beginner's guide where like for example i'm remembering a, a sequence where like it's they give you a little open area to explore and you go somewhere that you think is going to be like a hidden little area and then the voiceover says you would think there would be something here nope that's part of the fun. That's how it's, that's how that game explores the concept. That's not my problem, though, my friend. Okay, that set up for me that there were little secrets in little hidden corners. So then oh. I slowed down and started really exploring all the corners, looking for the fun. And there, I don't know if there were any more situations like that. And so then I slowed down my pace so much that I think it hurt the story. So it suddenly acquired an exploration mechanic. Say it again. So the game suddenly acquired an exploration mechanic. Whether it intended to or not, it did, and therefore the pace got slowed down, which meant that this small introspective story turned into a bit of a slog. Hmm. Whether whether that was the intention or not, and of course that's part of the that's part of the risk of telling your story via an interactive medium. Well, intention is a big part of the discussion when it comes to artistry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, is, does the intention of the creator matter at all? Is it just um, how you perceive it and what you take out of it? Uh, I I think I've always ridden the line that if you are perceiving something that the artist didn't intend, the artist failed as an artist. Ouch. But that doesn't make the viewer's perceived intention any less valid. We could, so both exist, if that makes any sense. Hmm. I think if you want to say something with your story and that doesn't come across, then you've failed as a storyteller. Maybe we should uh, get away from the argument of if walking simulators are games. Okay. Should walking simulators be considered equal to... uh what's generally considered a normal game Ooh, that's that's a wanky argument i'm Certainly down is. with that because <laughs> when I, you think about it when you think yeah. about it there's a lot of triple a games games sold as triple a that mm-hmm. are more interested in just suckering you in than having a challenge yes which have a feel about as challenging as a walking simulator there's a lot of games where it's just go for, go from arena to arena, shoot all the dudes, mm-hmm. and it's pretty easy. Yes. Probably easier than the exploration in Firewatch or whatever. <laughs> as long as you know to turn that off in the map. Uh, I, I don't think there... I, I think no matter what, it's an apples to oranges comparison. Okay. And... and you know, like triple A games, high even indie games, like even something like a like a a precision platformer, like a Celeste, right? Like yeah. like an indie game versus a story focused walking simulator are just it's it's like saying you know is Dumb and Dumber better than Schindler's List? They live in separate rooms, right? Right, but the the. What I'm asking is, 
if we're going to put up challenge as the thing that separates a walking simulator from an actual game game, mm-hmm. then how do you factor in games that don't really have challenge? They just have a sort of grind. <laughs> well, we, we just call like, them what they are. Sorry. It's, just, it's just going through the motions. Yes. Well, and I guess for for me, walking simulators live in that world very often where there are some grindy games that I really enjoy. There are some walking simulators that I really enjoy. But overall, I feel like either because of lack of resources or because, of you know, you don't want to say lack of effort, but, you know, mostly lack of resources, they make a, a gameplay loop that is not engaging to me. And so they're equal in that realm. I don't know if that's what you're going for, though. Hmm. What, what what are you I'm, what are you trying to pry here i i don't know i'm trying i'm just thinking aloud here all right when I, when I think of like your grindathons like your avengers your divisions mm. even like something like because i've been i'm still like replaying persona 4 at the moment <laughs> and i'm doing like new game plus to get to the end of the plot and the dungeons are just i'm just massively over leveled for them all so it just it's just a slog going through all the monsters fighty fighty fight all dead move on uh-huh. and it's it's not really a challenge at that point okay when i think of that i think of a gameplay experience that is a straight line just go moving along do the grind move along okay when i think of getting to the end of a walking simulator like beginner's guide like even like layers of fear Mm. or um the stanley parable sure then i think that feels like we're moving up a slope we're moving towards something Mm. we're getting we're getting to an elevation at the end it's all building up to something sure we're getting to a point where it all um it all comes together well i i I like i like where you're going with this i i think i understand now and so then what we're talking about here is we're talking about the the difficulty curve in levels of engagement and some games handle that with harder gameplay, but walking simulators can handle that with engaging stories. The way a standard storytelling medium would. Right. It's it's all a curve. It's all increasing one's level of engagement. Absolutely, absolutely. And so there so that's the that's the unifying theory with all storytelling mediums is someone needs to be consistently engaged as the story goes and for the longer it goes the more engagement you need and so whether or not that engagement comes from a more challenging gameplay loop or from story points that you're more interested in then then everything's the same Ooh, i like it i like what you're going where you're going with this so so then something like a firewatch which engages you with its interesting characters is a greater gameplay experience than Marvel's Avengers. Yeah. There you go. In its own way. In its own way. Also, Firewatch gets so many points because it's only like, what, three hours? It's so great. It's just such a nice, simple experience. But what's, what's the interesting point for me here is that walking simulators engage with story the way every other storytelling medium does, like TV shows, films, books. Mm-hmm. But you can still tell stories with a walking simulator in a slightly different way hmm. that makes the walking simulator unique, the experience of playing a walking simulator unique and different to the standard models. Firewatch wouldn't work so well as a book or a TV show. 
Mm. It's the fact that it's an interactive experience that makes it work. Now, why is that? Ooh. I'm, uh, what I'm trying to do now is imagine Firewatch as a TV show. Who are you casting? Well, you cast the same actor because he was in Mad Men. Oh, really? He, yeah, he's, he's one of the, the guys on Mad Men. Fantastic actor. Great, great voice work in Firewatch. So you just cast him again. Um, and, and yes, it would be rather boring. Yeah, just some dude in a park. He goes, <laughs> no, I need to move to this part of the park. No, I'm at this part of the park. <laughs> you know what it would be, though? Uh, as someone who is a big fan of art house, arty farty cinema, it would be a great like 10 minute short to play at a film festival. Mm. It, right. Is this, you know, because, of course, the, the wonderful thing about the relationship building in Firewatch is you spoiler alert for Firewatch, I suppose, a, a very old game is is that you never meet the woman on the other end of the line. Yes uh and so intrigue really and that's that's a beautiful narrative conclusion a a beautiful and uh uh tragic narrative conclusion is that you never end up meeting and so i could see that being a five or ten minute short and Mm -hmm. be very powerful but they spread that out to three hours in a in video game terms with the gameplay Mm, mm. and still doing and still doing his own thing so the video game that provides engagement with challenge and the tv show that provides engagement with story Mm -hmm. walking simulators are doing something unique in its own way something unique to both of those and does that come from the immersion i think so it's the interaction it's the fact that we direct where we go and how long we do things for Mm -hmm. yeah interesting isn't it I, I think it is. I, as as someone who really enjoys studying the structure of stories, it's very, very interesting because you can just wander around the woods in Firewatch. And that is a choice that you can make. And, to, and you know, because, of course, the game is also, I think, visually beautiful. Well, it's all finding the story on your own level, I suppose. You're yeah. like, when you're drinking the scenery, you're establishing the setting in your mind. Yes. So your mind's going, the events that we're experiencing are happening in this setting, which adds a certain amount of poignancy, depending on how you feel. Yeah, well, and, and you know, just knowing knowing that, you know, the char- you get a little bit of the character backstory. Obviously, we're focusing on Firewatch, but this is hmm. probably, probably similar to any good walking simulator. It's like knowing that that character came from a different environment. So, like, he, along with you, are drinking in this beautiful lush forest it's almost gets- like it's almost like you're reading a book but all the like the uh, the context the backstory is like distributed randomly about the book and you mm-hmm. can and at any point you could just turn back to a page and go <laughs> oh so that happened on that guy's 24th birthday how interesting <laughs> well back to the plot wouldn't wouldn't that be an interesting way to read a book is like like the character mentions something that happens and then there'd be like a hyperlink to be like if you (laughs) if you want to read about you know this time he went to the bar in 1982 click here and if you don't continue on with the story yeah it's like reading a wiki or something yeah oh now there's an interesting way of telling a story no one's tried A, a wikipedia hole just create a wiki just like try to tell a story with just like character profiles and uh 
things. And if you can like click around at their own leisure. Yes. This might be an interesting like uh, collaborative like storytelling improv style. Yes, thing to do. It almost it would almost be like a point and click adventure game. E. I'm just trying to think if there would be any sort of gameplay at all to it, or if it's just like, well, you know, an interactive story in that sense. What you'd do is um, you'd have a comprehension quiz. You read the wiki, and then after, when you're done, when you feel confident, you go to another site that's got like a multiple choice test. <laughs> oh no! Says, then it turns into Obra Din. <laughs> do you did you understand the plot? Well, it's optional. You know, you could just read the wiki and uh, yeah. enjoy it that way. I think that's a really lovely way to think. Like that's the best case scenario for walking simulators, or for really any game. I think when I think about walking simulators, all the ones I can think of have like a degree of gameplay in there somewhere. Yes. And a lot of them have something that feels that it owes a lot to the old point and click adventure tradition. A lot of them like sort of position themselves as that where you could, you have an inventory and you have to sure. use an inventory item on a thing. Mm-hmm. Because what most people remember about point and click adventures is that the inventory puzzles were just really, really stupid. Like you ha- They're fun. They can be fun sometimes. <laughs> but it's it's the main criticism that people who don't like point and click adventure games bring up is that so for some reason you have to use the the little statue of Nelson's column to knock the beehive down from the trees that it temporarily distracts the guard when you could have just pulled a fire alarm or something. Right, right. You have I feel to... like I feel like people who like those point and click adventure games always appreciate the story and the dialogue more. And so the modern walking simulator is sort of a refinement of the concept without the obligation for this sort of puzzle gameplay. Oh, and I like I like I, obviously some puzzles can be, you know, needlessly obtuse, but I I enjoyed I still enjoy the puzzle gameplay of point and click adventures. And and to me, especially speaking, you know, like I think I think the horror genre has overtaken walking simulators. That mm. genre in particular, I always feel like the gameplay side of it is just so lacking. Where do we want to say that started? Amnesia, The Dark Descent, perhaps? Pro- that's that's probably the big one, yeah. Was it was that little Slender game someone made, was that before or after that? Oh, oh Lord, I don't know. I'm going to find out. Listen, you know, here in Wisconsin, we had we had a couple kids, you know, kill a friend over the Slender Man thing. So I yeah. heard about that. That was a big yeah. news. Mm. Okay. So, you know, it's it's always a little weird over here. Amnesia Dark Descent came out in 2010. Really? That that soon ago. <laughs> I would have okay. assumed it before. Yeah, Slender the Eight Pages came out in 2012. Oh, okay. That was the first of those. Slender games which started like the big old wave of short oh. indie games that was that were like Slender. Ultra indie horror jump scare games, yes. Yeah. Yes, the glut of them. And so like I what I wonder is if there is a way to combine the thing that I like about Firewatch with the horror genre, which I also enjoy. I really love scary movies and horror movies. And so like that that feel like I get more of a feeling of like isolation in Firewatch than I do playing Alien Isolation. And hmm. so, like, I wonder if part of it is just the open-worldiness of it. 
It could be. I think the problem is with horror games is that the moment the horror happens, it's kind of blown its load. Yes. I mean, the suspense only remains until the horror happens. Until right. you until the slender man appears and bites your face off or whatever he does. And after <laughs> that, it, the spell is broken. Yes. Yes, and then it, then you just see you just see the ones and zeros of yeah. of the thing chasing you. So this is why something like amnesia worked well because it's always all through the game it's sort of it's always a mystery what you're up against mm-hmm. there's always a suspense there okay and the the game's mechanics specifically require you to not look at the monsters because it makes your sanity go down okay hmm. yeah so i like and you know what and i've never played amnesia i, I will be honest hmm. with you never played it i know of it but i because i'm not a fan of the genre yeah, sounds like you wouldn't like it very much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, Alien Isolation, that kind of blows its load when you see the alien. Of course. And then suspense is gone. Cause that's, <laughs> what, that's the whole principle of like not showing the monster until the final act. Right. But then we go back to our, our old argument of are video games too long, which most horror games are too long because they, they, they try to repeat the scary scenario too many times. Yeah, and that's why there's such a lot of short indie horror games. Yes. Because horror is something you can establish very quickly. It's like a pure atmosphere thing, mm-hmm. just like soundtrack. Mm-hmm. But And then you do it for a little bit, and then something horrific happens, and then that's it. That's yeah. the suspense gone. Might as well stop. <laughs> yeah, and that's and by the way, I think that's a really okay thing, is once you hit that peak, get out of there and on and on the high note there's a almost like a cottage industry of short indie horror experiences on stuff like itch.io did you play oh, that yeah. did you play that um compilation of mini horror games that came out recently yes the dread x collection 2 and they're working on a third one it's probably the best format for horror and video games oh Just i loved the, it the short experience yes and then they give you like a, a mario 64-esque hub world and they have like tiny little horror themed puzzles yeah. that you need to solve in order to unlock the next little game yeah really fun stuff you know you mentioned again the problem with your layers of fear and even more so with your layers of fear too is that it just goes on way too long yeah and all you all you do is press forward go through a door oh i'm in a room there's no exit but the door I came in. Open the door. Oh, it's a different corridor now. Oh, it's just that over and over again for hours. Right. And like, how many times do you need to do that before you're not scared by it anymore? Exactly. I mean, twice. The, it, I mean, it reached the point where I'd opened the door and it was still the old corridor. And that was what unnerved me. <laughs> I was like, shit. What are you, what are you up to, game? <laughs> right. Absolutely absolutely because it's all and, it's all like as i said all of those sorts of games are ripping off pt and again that was a short experience it made its point yeah. you're in a you're in a, a hallway you're in oh you're in the same hallway Ooh. it never it never ends and then a ghost breaks your neck Ooh, spoiler alert for pt a game no one can play anymore well if you kept a PS4 with it on the hard drive, you can still play it. Ah, In fact, sure. I think my PS4 still has it on the hard drive. Ooh. 
the, the grade. Probably a, probably a collector's item at this point. Your hard drive will be a collector's item, absolutely. Yeah, because PT's on it. <laughs> you know, the worst thing Silent Hills could have done after the after PT was that big successful thing that everyone was talking about was actually come out. <laughs> that would have broken the spell. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, I don't know, is it a length issue or is it just a suspense issue? Because there's a lot of like horror games of a standard length, Silent Hill 2, for example, mm. that aren't short, but they're still effective because they maintain the suspense and then there's the reveal at the end. Uh, well, like we talked about earlier then, what they gave you is something else to do to fill that time, right? And you, know, and you know what it is? In Silent Hill 2, the monsters are almost incidental. Yeah, okay. They, they don't like save up the monster and then it jumps out and goes, Whoa, screen cuts to black. Yeah. The monsters are just sort of hanging out. It's because <laughs> I, I replayed Silent Hill 2 over and over again because I just love being in that atmosphere and the monsters mm. are all part of it. Mm. It's not like in your average action game where you like Doom where they introduce a new monster and the camera zooms into it and it roars at the camera and there's spit flying everywhere. You just walk down a street and out of the fog you just see this like mutated thing tottering along the street minding its uh-huh. own business and they seem to be having as much trouble as you are and it's all part of the atmosphere <laughs> right right yeah I, th- I think that's absolutely part of it and i think you know if you look at what you know i'm trying to think of like a, a horror movie analog where you know something like something like nightmare on elm street classic old creature feature if you will call it that um they have to up the stakes with the kills because if it was just freddy krueger jumping out again it wouldn't have the same impact but a movie like say the mist where they really hide and obscure those monsters it's all about the atmosphere and tension that builds while you're just living in the world and so i i think like you said earlier like like with specifically like let's look at alien isolation just because i know we both played that as soon as you see that alien walking around and you know what you need to do to avoid it the game is over Hmm. suppose Uh, for me at least because i did i just did not much care for it is like then you're all all suspense all atmosphere is out the window or out the airlock. Um, sorry about that pun. That was terrible. Uh, because you're just doing the math. You're just doing the monster math. The monster math? <laughs> it was <Do> the math. <laughs> yeah. It was the monster math. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> um, it's interesting so yeah. you bring up you bring up like Nightmare on Elm Street there. That's an interesting thing to think about in this context because, of course, yeah... The monster jumps out and kills someone, but that's not the end of the suspense because there's still a bunch of other people to kill. Right. It's probably different in video games where, like, you're the only thing that can die. Ooh, maybe is that is that something... It, ooh, does this happen? You know way more games than I do. Is that a horror game where you need to keep a group alive? I think so. I think there's got to be something like that. I want to say like Sweet Home, like one of the original survival horrors or something like that. It was sort of a party-based game. Ooh. And then, of course, there's Friday the 13th, the game. Of course. Which is multiplayer. Well, I'm thinking of more more of a game, in which, like a single-player game in which you have a group, and it's maybe maybe even a little RTS-y, 
where where it's like and i don't know if this game exists this is just what i'm i'm spitballing a game idea in my head right now where you need to have your group survive the killer until dawn maybe Ooh, okay maybe which more than a little walking simulator about mm. that game um but would that would that add to the monster's tension is like you know, let's say you start off with a group of 10 people and you know the monster gets one and now it's your job to keep the nine of you alive and you know keeps coming back and you you keep have you have the ability to lose something right so would, what if it was just like a horror game where you had three lives <laughs> Ooh, and make it old school where after you die the third time you have to start from the beginning because when you talk about um having to control a party yeah in a horror film i think there might have been more games where you control the monster in a context like that because when you talk about a horror slasher film we're there to see these characters die that's mm. what makes it interesting Yes, yes. I think if you had a game where you avoid, where you had nine party members and they all survived to the end, you'd go, well, that was fucking boring. <laughs> yes, you're probably right. <laughs> uh, Touche. I think it'd be more fun if you had a game like that where the challenge was to find all the interesting ways to die. Ooh. You could even like, okay. have, a game, have a game where you play as a horror movie villain and your task is to like set up traps the way Jason Voorhees does. Yes. There's, I think there's been a couple of games like that. There was a game called Naughty Bear, which was along those lines. wasn't very good, though. No, I like that. I like that. You have to, you have to set up all the traps and, and try to push the victims into falling into you know oh that's it's probably very similar to um what was the multiplayer hello neighbor yes that one the the multiplayer hello neighbor <laughs> yes the one we played on stream what a wise yes they tried that with that game where you know you would set up your little your little trappies and then try to coax other people into your traps hmm. yeah there was some fun in there not not a lot of fun but there was some fun in there Hmm. Maybe there could be a sort of a management game where your job is to like pick off all the all the the uh, sex hungry teenagers and make sure there's one final girl left, and you have to set up a room full of like corpses to fall from the ceiling when she comes in, Ooh. and that starts off the big chase at the end. the The game is called Inside Job, and you are working with the killer, and you need to coordinate the people in your group. To like be in the path of the killer, and then yeah, you help set up the traps and stuff. Oh, yeah, that sounds like fun. And if you're discovered, it's a multiplayer game. And if you're <laughs> discovered, uh, you lose. If you're if you're the inside, if you're the inside job teen, and you're discovered, you lose. And if everyone dies, you win. So it's I'm a little sh- bit like Secret Hitler yeah. and a little bit uh, Friday the Thirteenth. I'm sure there's a handful of multiplayer games on steam along these lines it could be yeah, there's a lot I mean, of I don't you know, know it's there's a lot of games where it's there's a lot of board games where there's one player who's selected to be the secret person secretly working against the rest of the team yes I'm, yeah i'm pretty sure there's a few video games along those lines what's that new one that everyone likes now among us i think it's called oh i don't know i have i haven't i don't know this one well it's it's been at the top of steam for a while and apparently oh, okay. it's like it's been out for a while but it's just recently somehow become popular okay 
I don't know. I don't know anything about Among Us. Let me just check. Sounds terrifying. My yeah, it's a, it's a number two on the Steam top sellers at the moment. Hmm. It's a, it's a social deduction game. I was just that's what that was. They took my idea. <laughs> oh, <laughs> should have moved faster. Snooze, you yeah. lose. Yep, ideas are worthless. Only action is worth anything. There you go. Okay, so so you kind of have to figure out who the who's the traitor or whatever. How did we get onto this topic? This was supposed to be about walking simulators. Well, well, we got onto it about because horror and there's a lot of horror walking simulators and right, basic. Yeah, yeah. I suppose, like, yeah, and if if it's time to wrap up, uh, the the basics of it is either the story needs to be interesting or it has to have some sort of gameplay loop that interests you. And no matter what, make it short. Here's an idea. All right, I'm ready. Walking Simulator Tycoon. A management game where you make walking simulators or uh, experience modeled on a walking simulator. All right. And um, you're rated on how well you set up your walking simulator so that it was intuitive to move through and interesting to explore. <laughs> you like place like corridor units down and you put yeah. like signage up. Like put a light over a door to indicate that's the door you have to go in next. And you watch a player go through and if they get confused, you lose points. <laughs> oh, how about this? Walking right. simulator, Battle Royale. You you and a hundred other people are playing a walking simulator. Okay. First person to get to the end, like gets the first prize, but then once everyone's got to the end, there's a little comprehension test for the story. And then everyone's test given multiple choice questions on how, what they thought of the story, and whoever gets best on those wins the second prize. No, no, no. Whoever gets the highest of both. Ah, so it's a, yeah. The, the story is spread all throughout the level. So you have to know enough of the story to get high enough grade, but you also need to finish in enough time to get yeah. the finish grade. So whoever can, like, you have to get a little bit of both. So it's the balance of figuring out as much story as you can while getting to the end of the level as fast as you can. Well, you'd have to somehow randomly generate the story, or otherwise people would just play it once and then immediately oh, of course. know how to win and get the end. Oh yeah, you write you write like you know twenty different stories and then you know randomize the order in which they appear. Absolutely. Well, sooner or later, players are going to have seen all twenty. I think you'd want to f- figure out some kind of random mechanic. Well, like oh, random, what... randomly change the colors of certain people's Ooh, shirts. Sure, sure. The question is, what color was this character's shirt? Yes, I love it. That would balance out the story and gameplay in a competition setting i love it that's happening um uh, you know i can't make a game so i'm not making it i'm sorry but hopefully someone listening to this can make a game well my dev diary projects 12 games in 12 months project is over i might have dabbled with this concept of the walking simulator tycoon thing if (laughs) if it wasn't over but it but it is so i won't okay there you go we, I send that idea out into the world. Do with it as you will. Take it, world. Take it all. Great. Uh, all right. Well, that certainly was a conversation. I don't think we've uh, stumbled upon a point at any point, but... Uh, no, it's all hope, right. Hope you enjoyed listening. And if you fell asleep listening... <laughs> Oi! You got stuff nope. to do. 
the podcast is over. Get back to work. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, so if you didn't listen to it or watch it already, this podcast episode was based off of our walking simulators games, which you can watch over on escapismagazine.com and uh, and all of our other stuff over there as well. Yes. And uh, remember, you can get an Escapist Plus subscription, which means you can watch the videos without ads. If you prefer YouTube, you can get a YouTube membership on the Escapist channel, and then you can watch all the videos ahead of all the plebs. A week on early. YouTube. And That's yeah. You, and and be, marked- everyone complains about the Escapist player. You watch it on YouTube a week early, ad free. And then you can get marked out as special, and then you'll get raptured at some point when the rapture mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. And everyone else will have to stay behind. So you're welcome. Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>